Reading now from the letter to the Romans in the 13th chapter. You know what time it is. How does now the moment for you to wake from sleep? For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone. The day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling, drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. From time to time, when I was a child, my father would wake me very early in the morning. He was on his way to some trip to judge bands somewhere in North Carolina or Virginia. And sometimes it would be a day trip, sometimes a couple of days with an overnight in between. I remember vaguely that early morning feeling, not real sure what was happening, groggy. He'd tell me what to wear, I'd put it on. He'd guide me to the car in the dark. I'd fall back asleep. Next thing I remember, I'd be awake because it was fully daylight and the car was slowly pulling into a convenience store where we were going to get some pecan twirls or some kind of pastry that was filled with all kinds of jelly and whatever else we could eat that we couldn't eat at home those same days. When you're young... You wake up when you're told, or you wake up when you feel like it. But otherwise, if things are going the way they should, you tend to sleep pretty well. When life goes as it's meant to go, for the young, the most restless nights of sleep are those before the most exciting days. The night before the first day of school. The night before some exciting trip. The night before Christmas. Adults aren't so lucky. We often have too much on our minds to sleep well, which means when it's time for us to wake up, we're the ones in a haze. I don't know if this happens to you, but for some of us, when the alarm goes off, we begin to calculate how many hours till we'll be back in the bed that night. We'd like more mornings where we wake up ready to embrace the day than we get. Still, there's something that gets us out of bed. The gym, a walk, a run, getting the children ready for school, some quiet before a busy day. If you're up before daybreak, you know the quietness, the calm of that time of day. The house is quiet. Streets are quiet. There's stillness that it's hard to find any other time of the day. You don't want to turn on the noisemakers because they'll wake the others and because you like it calm. It's time to consider what the day will hold and to ask for God's help through it. Of course, 2,000 years ago, St. Paul and others were also asking for God's help through the night. 
when candles and torches were the only sources of light, when there were no devices to distract them from the footsteps they heard outside or the unidentified creaks going around. The night was a scary time. Things could happen under the cover of darkness. Bad things without warning. It didn't take much creativity to associate darkness and night with bad, light and day with good. Your grandmother's assessment that nothing good happens after ten at night was their life. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep would have also included and my body, God. You can imagine then that when they'd wake to see a slight glow on the horizon, when when their world was brightening minute by minute, they had gratitude for a new day, even before they had their coffee. I've told some of you that my best prayers are prayed on an early morning run. It's dark, quiet, peaceful, the day is before me. I work through what I anticipate that the day will hold and try to leave room for the Holy Spirit to make some suggestions about that before the day takes over. I went for a run on Thanksgiving morning. It was a preventative measure. I knew what that day would hold, had to make room for it. It wasn't sufficient, but that part of the day was the most thanks I gave all day long. When I got back to my in-laws, my Thanksgiving was over. That's supposed to be a joke. (laughs) Thanksgiving was just beginning, but the time for giving thanks was now over because there were things to do. Chairs to relocate, a, a few more groceries to get, a patio to clear. They were busy preparing the food, getting the table set. It struck me that there was a great deal more time spent preparing the feast than sharing in it. More time given to getting ready for the festival than given to the reason for it. It's not uncommon. Our days pass like that. With good intentions, with necessary work, to be accomplished. We fill the days to the point that we risk missing the point of the days. We risk missing the gifts that the days are supposed to be for the sake of getting through them. The season of Advent, these four weeks that are now before us, risk the same. We are prone to fill the days and nights with activities and preparations, so much so that we miss the reason for the festival. We do it for good reasons. We do it because we love the events and we love the people involved in them and we feel responsible to give others the best that we can. It's not an assault on Advent or even ourselves that causes us to miss the meaning busyness and weariness and our own accommodation of the darkness. So once again, St. Paul says to us, wake up. 
He wants to help us not sleepwalk through the days, not groggily go to the car and do whatever must be done before we collapse back in bed at the end of the day. He wants us to experience the fullness of the day. Wake up. He comes to us as the day is dawning. He says, here, put this on. Put on Christ. Now come with me. I want you to imagine what this day is for. Some of it is for what has to be accomplished. That's not as much as you've planned. You can let some of that go. Some other things to let go to, to avoid. Surely you don't want to be numb and hazy all day long. Oh, you do, do you? Well, I can understand that. The darkness can be very dark. Fears and sadness can linger for far too long. Let's walk outside and look at the horizon. The sun's coming up. And you'll soon see a little better. And you'll feel a little differently. Perhaps you'll enjoy a little more. Look at the light dawning. It's a sign. Our salvation is nearer than it has ever been before. It will be the fullness of light soon. You're making it. You're going to make it. And since you're up, and you can see the light dawning, go ahead and live as though it's the day. Show others the brightness that is coming by living as though it is fully bright now. Oh, I know. It will take some practice. We've learned well how to live as though it's night. We've learned well how to scorn others and envy them. If only, we've said far too many times, not knowing a thing about what their life truly like. We've also gotten pretty good at making enemies rather than friends. What if we look for good in others today and celebrate their blessings? What if we're happy for the good in their life for a change? Look, it's getting brighter. What if we take a little more time to recognize the many blessings in our lives, the reasons we have to give thanks? Hey, it's brighter still. What if we imagine that Jesus is already back, standing right beside us? Live as though it's so. That might reorient our entire day. Or would you look at that? It's almost dawn. And what do you know? You're ready for the day. Go ahead and live as though it's already here.